All right. Hey, everybody. It is Garrett Anderson coming at you live Monday, February 6, 2017. Uh, quick shout out to the Patriots Super Bowl victory yesterday. Came back from, I think, a 28 to 3 deficit, which is just absurd. Um, I really did not see that comeback coming. And uh, it was quite impressive. I'm going to have to rewatch. I got it DVR'd, and we had, uh, you know, we we're socializing a little bit during the game. So I, uh, and, and it was also such a blowout in the first half. That I think I just, I kind of stopped paying attention a little bit and, uh, oh, Lady Gaga at halftime with her, uh, sort of silvery flying through the air, crazy makeup performance. She's, she's cool. She's a badass. I, I almost wish that I had paid a little more attention to her rise to, uh, to fame, um, and, uh, musical greatness, Cause she's she's a cool lady. Um, it seems to be. She's having having like a little resurgence and a little uh, sort of redefinition of her her mode and her popularity. So I think that's really cool. Um, she did a great job with the halftime shows, entertaining. No wardrobe malfunctions, um, a la Janet Jackson from a few years ago. And uh, let's see what else. She was flying around on cables, which was cool. What do I remember about that performance? The drone things in the sky spelling out, uh, well, they spelled out Pepsi at the very end. Uh, but in, in the beginning, they looked like stars, and then they made an American flag, and then she jumped off like the roof of the of the building or something, uh, the, the stadium dome, which was funny. It looked very funny. She had two jump off of surfaces in that performance at the very beginning and at the very end. She did this like football catch and jumped off a staircase and just disappeared out of the camera frame, which was pretty funny. I was like, whoa, where'd she go? Oh my God, <laughs> she jumped off. <laughs> lady! Do you call her lady? If you meet her, do you say, you know, may I call you lady? Miss Gaga? How would you, how would you, uh, I don't know if I ever met her. Excuse me, Miss Miss Gaga? Miss Lady? Miss, excuse me, lady? May I call you lady? She's like, only if I can call you tramp. Mm. She probably has some tood. She seems like she's got some too to have that kind of confidence. Or I could see her being very shy and like reserved and and like, oh well, that's my stage persona. I put on. A, I like. I want to put on a good show. I don't know why. I don't think she's British. I don't know why I did that. Um, I just kind of associate that sort of pop act, and I guess her costume made me think of David Bowie, and the silvery costume with the you know, kind of silver makeup around her eyes. Anyway, um, I'm just babbling here. Let's do a quick podcast. I'm excited. I've got some uh, some cool things to update you on. I'm going to start off playing a tune. And then uh, I, I did have a buddy say, hey, on the last podcast, you said, let me know if anybody wants to hear about Disney. He goes, I want to hear about Disney. So I'm going to uh, talk a little bit about my Disney trip. And uh, happiest place on earth. It was really fun to take the kids for sure. Um, just coming off of two pretty good gigs at Wild Vines, which was really fun. Um, so I'll talk a little bit about those as well. And just, uh, you know, just sort of ramble a little bit. Try to have some entertaining, interesting conversation. Conversation um, with myself. is it's, it's not really a conversation, then, is it? All right. Uh, <clears throat> Let's give this guitar a little... A little love. This is my Yamaha. What what is this? FGX four twelve SC. For any gearheads out there, I would not have known that off the top of my head. I had to look in the sound hole. The sound hole. It's cool. Sometimes if you find a note, doo, 
like so dude you can get the guitar to, to resonate so i'm str- i'm holding a g chord and i'm going to sing that g note and then it's resonating in the guitar itself yeah pretty cool tricks can you hear that a little bit let's let's make a quiet one more I'll do that little okay so this is the guitar totally quiet not a sound not a creature was staring not even a mouse all right now watch this I'm not gonna touch the strings I'm just I'm just fingering the G chord ready fingering the G chord you know with my left hand hear that it's kind of cool resonation physics man music is just physics in action music is like saying all right here's the laws of the universe we're just gonna like bang on some metal and some wood and sing and let the laws of physics take it and it somehow somehow turns into music which is incredible but yeah this guitar hasn't had too much love lately it's been in the case little little rusty little out of tune but uh, let's go for it it's just uh, strumming this one before i hit record so let's uh let's do it this is a martin sexton song called black sheep sitting in the sloan town Wondering when my things are gonna change I'm dreaming my life away And it seems these dreams turn into a bunch of dust clouds Getting my nerve up But my past is pulling me down I'm wondering how long this black sheep Stick around Somebody told me once before Said you can never go home again Once you leave And say anything Just to steer me away From the truth of who I am And what I believe So I thanked him for his two cents With a shake some sympathy I packed up my blue jeans I hit it out for the big prize of my freedom so bye bye black sheep of the family bye bye Know the means so very much to me. Bye bye, black sheep. To my friends and my family. Bye bye, black sheep. I'm gonna set my soul, set it free. Take a good 
couple chances My progress in advances to the price Of my freedom Written in the stars, steel bars, never will a prison cell make. Once I find that sweet home, or some place I like to call home anyway. Some people say I'm crazy for singing out loud, I got to hear on the streets. I got my song to sing If you don't like that, my friend Oh, oh Lord, I think you're gonna have to set me free Bye-bye, black sheep of the family Bye-bye, black sheep no, you mean so very much to me Bye, bye, black sheep You're my friends and my family Bye, bye, black sheep I'm gonna set my soul free All right, that sound at the very end that just happened, that's not a fart. That was me rubbing my guitar against the zipper of, uh, of my other guitar's case. Oh, that felt good, man. Oh, singing songs, so nice. Okay, let me switch back over to the uh, live at you document here. I hope that sounded okay, you know. Just wanted to put a little music out into the universe and into your ears. Hopefully you dug it. All right, so let's get into a uh, little bit of uh, recap on Disneyland in uh, Anaheim. So this was really cool. My um, my folks um, were very generous, and they said, uh, "Hey, you know, we're we're going to be out on the West Coast for my dad's job. Had some sort of convention, sort of thing." And they said, "Hey, we'll we'll tag on a couple extra days at the end of our vacation um, if you guys can drive out to Anaheim." So super cool, like a good just sort of opportunistic, uh, quick little mini vacation. Um, I think we. Hopped in the car Wednesday evening and uh, drove, you know, after work, drove to um, Anaheim. I think it was about a five-hour drive. Not too bad. Um, my wife actually crushed the drive on the way out, which was great. Split the drive on the way back. Uh, and we got in around midnight and stayed at the uh, Grand Californian, a cool hotel that's that's right in the park there. Um, I think we have a, a family friend that does some legal work for Disney and he was able to kind of hook up a discount. Um, you know, one of those things goes to show it's not what you know, but who, you know, 
And um, so that was cool. So we got a little bit of discount there. My folks heavily subsidized the trip for us. Um, if they're listening to this, they might chuckle and say, you know, is is like all of it heavily subsidized? Because, um, I mean, they, they pretty much just, they treated us, which was super duper nice. But then again, you know, a time and a place for everything. They've got, they, you know, they're getting close to retirement. They've done a good job working their, their asses off their whole life. And so they've got the money, but we've got the grandkids. So we kind of, uh, you know, met in the middle. And, uh, you know, we, we probably wouldn't have been able to afford as, as cool of a vacation as we got to do and as cool of a trip without them. So first and foremost, so lots of gratitude for my family. And um, my girls, we kept it a secret from them, which was uh, which was good and bad. It was good because we got to share the surprise with uh, you know grandma and grandpa when we showed up at the hotel and kind of woke the kids up and told them what was going on. Um, their reactions were subdued, like it, it, it took a while to kind of sink in, and they still didn't really know what to expect until we got to the park. You know, they've they've seen some commercials and they know the company Disney as you know Disney movies and Disney shows and stuff, the Disney Junior Channel. But uh, they didn't, I, I don't think the gravity of what they were about to do kind of hit and sunk in with them until we got to the parks themselves. So their reactions were, you know, maybe like a little subdued. But, uh, um, and then the, the, the bummer about keeping it a surprise was we couldn't dangle it as a carrot in front of them to be really good in the days and weeks leading up to it. You know, I wanted to be like, you know, have, have that, uh, you know, we will cancel our trip to Disneyland if you don't eat your dinner right now. You know, um, no, that's, that's, uh, that's, uh, that'd be bad. No, I mean, I think you, you always want to try to do the positive reinforcement thing, but, uh, and plus, you know, as my dad joked with me, he goes, yeah, I said the same thing to him. He goes, yeah, until they realize that you were full of shit and they call your bluff because <laughs> you're going to go anyway. And I was like, yeah, touche. I think he called me a paper tiger. And I was like, ah, that's a cool phrase. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we kept it a surprise from when we got to the grand Californian, uh, got in and that first night was just saying hello to my parents and, uh, and then crashing, got up for the next morning and, uh, did Disneyland. So we were there for three days. We did Disneyland the first day, the second day we did California adventure. And then the third day we went back to Disneyland. Um, so the first day was kind of getting used to the map and getting a lay of the land, um, getting accustomed to the exorbitant prices that you pay for stuff when you're there because, you know, it is a nice place and it's obviously got lots of operating expenses and they can obviously get away with charging a lot for, you know, a ham sandwich or a bag of kettle corn popcorn um, and, uh, you know, the beers and whatever. Um, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not cheap. So I... I struggled with that a little bit. I tried to just sort of forget it. Uh, but in my advice, if somebody does go, you know, kind of budget that out and be comfortable with the amount that you're going to have to spend so that it doesn't bother you while you're there. You know, just be like, eh, just kind of consider it like being at an airport and paying airport prices for stuff. But, um, yeah, so uh, <clears throat> getting used to everything and getting into Disney that first day was, was pretty cool. Um my dad was funny. He had the maps out and he was like annotating his map with, you know, things that were open or closed or they have this early bird feature where, um, you know, you can get into the park like an hour before everybody else. If you're, you know, staying on, on one of the park, uh, hotels or something, you know, it's a little built in incentive and uh, a way to take advantage. Um, and, uh, 
it's funny like with even with our best intentions of getting there early and taking advantage of everything we still only got there like 15 minutes before the you know general public could get in so that was, on the first day that was funny I was like, oh, well, you know, at least it got us up and moving. You know, we probably might have slept in a little longer if uh, if we hadn't. Um, my wife forgot her shoes. Um, poor Lauren. She forgot her shoes. So that first day in the mid-afternoon, Lauren and I split off and, and went and got some uh, some sketchers for her. And, um, and uh, there was this um, North American music music makers convention what does nam stand for what does nam stand for uh that was also going on at the same time so when we were out getting sketcher shoes for my wife i said hi to some some random um lady uh, i don't have my wallet on me or else i would pull out her business card that's going to be a to-do for me all right i know this sounds all over the place but stream of consciousness so here you go what you're hearing right now let's let's do that again i'm going to do this slowly and into the microphone that's the sound of my pencil coming out of my spiral notepad. My spiral notebook. I've got to add follow up with Nam girl. So there was this girl with a um, guitar on her back walking through the little like public square, you know, strip mall kind of thing outside the Skechers store. And I said, you know what? In the spirit of, um, of Garrett Anderson music, let's go out there and let's let's say hello to some random stranger chick that has a guitar because, you know, she's, I was like, Hey, are you a performer? Blah, blah, blah. You know, hit it off real quick, kind of gave each other little backstories and we had uh, very similar journeys. Um, and, uh, you know, I was like, all right, cool. So I, I got to reach back out to her. I wrote that in my little notepad. I've, I've resorted to a spiral notebook with, um, and I, I just, kind of keep it open to a to-do page and I've got to-dos for around the house, to-dos for me personally, to-dos for me musically, to-dos for me like music business stuff and I'm trying to make this like the, this is the playbook here like you know I keep a lot of files on the computer too and I find that that's just one step too far removed from my physical reality. I think I need to write things down and, and have that, you know, check them off kind of experience. At least that's what I'm uh, feeling right now. So I've got a good little uh, running to do here. So I just added that, uh, that little follow up with the Nam girl. And uh, yeah, maybe, maybe uh, I'll, uh, and now yeah, here we go. So in the spirit of being more organized, I'm going to write this down for the next time. I'm going to write down Nam girl update, Nam girl update. And we'll see if we can, um, you know, just kind of manifest some of that randomness. Like, I, I really liked the idea of if I stood in the sneaker store while my wife was trying on shoes and let that woman walk past without ever saying anything, then nothing would come of it. If I go out and say hello, nothing still might come of it, but something can come of it. You know, we swapped information. I'll look her up. I'll, I'll send her an email. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's extra reality. It's like extra experience to me. That sound probably sounds really dumb that that's profound to me, but, um, just the cautious nature of my being and the sort of creature of comfort that I am, I have to remind myself and celebrate those things where other people are just like happy go lucky can do like, let's go experience the world. And I'm like, uh, I have to kind of give myself a little pep talk about it. So, um, yeah, so I just wrote down Nam girl update in my, uh, live at you running notes. Um, so yeah, maybe I'll follow up on, on that, on the next podcast. Um, 
what else happened the first day in Disney? I really like the Peter Pan ride. I'm a big Peter Pan fan, and that was like one of the first ones we did. We walked in, we went straight to like the castle area, um, took a couple photos, walked through the Sleeping Beauty castle walkthrough thing. So, okay, so for if you haven't, for Disneyland newbies, there's a couple important things to know. One is that some of the attractions are just walkthroughs. They're not actual rides, which is confusing because if you go on rides first and you get used to like weaving and wrapping around long lines, you might think that you're just in a line for a ride. Um, so they do mark it on signs. I noticed, um, at the Tarzan one, I, I took, I took note of the sign that was outside that was like, this is a walkthrough, you know, adventure into the jungle of Tarzan. I was like, oh, okay. They do specify when it's a walkthrough, but so we got to walk through the, the castle and see some, um, uh, like, uh, little pictures and little displays of, uh, the Sleeping Beauty story, and that was cool. That was kind of our first thing that we did. And then we walked up to the Peter Pan line, and we were like, all right, let's get in here. And then me and my dad, we were kind of like we were trying to be strategic about stuff. Like I was saying, he's got the annotated map. And um, I'm like, hey, you know what's Like, well, what if this is like just a really long line and like further deeper into the park where people didn't get to already is like empty. You know, I was like thinking in my head, like, is this the optimal move right here? Or should we like haul ass to the back end of the park and then work our way back towards the front? Because I was like, well, what if everybody's just a schmuck like us and walks in and gets into the first line that they see? Um, You know, there's like those wacky uh, studies and videos. I don't know if this is legit or not, but if you if you just start forming a line in public somewhere, even if it's to nothing, apparently humans will get in line with you. Like, you know, just put five people in a line or maybe it would have to be more than that because then you could tell that that they're not really waiting for anything. But, um, you know, so I turned to my dad and I was like, you know what, this is one of those things that I think is like, this is probably in that myth of optimization um, sort of realm. So I've got this concept, which is the myth of optimization. And I look for examples of where if you try to optimize too much, it ends up being suboptimal because you're spending so much energy trying to optimize and I was um I was thinking to myself like yeah we could stress out and we could you know stand here and deliberate about it or we could get in line and you know zone out and look around and enjoy each other's company and and you know talk to the girls about their Disneyland experience. Uh, you know, later on, we, we realized a really good move is to bring in some snacks. My mom had some uh, clementines and some granola bars and some waters. And, you know, you just kind of snack while you're in line and it, it, uh, it kind of flies by. It's not a big deal. So right kind of very early on in the trip, I was like, you know what? There's no optimal way to go about this as long as you're having fun and and experiencing it with like love and, and you know, enjoying your, your family's company and, you know, trying to see it through your kid's eyes and all the things that really come naturally when you're at Disney. Um, they do a good job of just sort of putting you in there and putting you in that frame of mind. So, uh, so yeah, I, I got over that really fast. I was like, you know what? There's no bad way to do it. And we were pretty smart about it. So, you know, it, maybe we weren't the smartest possible. Maybe we weren't completely optimal. But I think if we strived to be completely optimal at it, it actually would have been a diminished experience. So uh, anyway, that was all in the Peter Pan line. 
um, because it was like kind of right there in front. Uh, a really cool ride. Yeah, I like that one a lot. I like that one a lot, and I like the Alice in Wonderland a lot. Um, so uh, those rides that are just sort of the um, sort of movie theme character rides, they're I mean they're nothing. They're no roller coaster, right? It's not like a thrill ride experience. It's like a uh, you know experience the movie kind of experience. Um, and uh, yeah, I like those ones. I don't have much of a stomach for roller coasters, as I found out the next day at California Adventure. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's fast forward to day two. Um, we did California Adventure day two, and we woke up and it was pouring. The weather forecast was for rain, um, you know, on and off, and it was downpouring and like pretty chilly. And we were like, oh no! But you know, trying to trying to keep a happy happy face on. We're like, all right, so let's strategize and do the indoor stuff while it's raining. And then, you know, we'll see how it goes from there. And we lucked out. We got into California Adventure. Um, we did have to buy ponchos right away because we didn't have raincoats for the girls, my my little daughters. And, um, you know, ponchos were like, I don't know, 18 bucks or something, you know, with the Disney logo on it. One of my daughters ripped her poncho like two hours into the day. And I was like, oh, son of a bitch but uh you know it was it was fine my wife took the the kid size one that was ripped and gave her the adult size one because you know it was more she's more my seven-year-old is more of a space case and would probably like get wet in the broken poncho so we were like whatever let's just make sure she stays dry so we did a couple indoor things we did this disney junior live action show where we got in like right as it was about to start and then we walked over to this area where we could do a, a couple different indoor things. Um, we met like the Anna and Elsa from Frozen, and we did this um, this cool workshop with a Disney animator where he teaches you. You know, they have pen and um, not pen and pa- uh, pencil and paper, and you sit down in this sort of auditorium and you basically have a little drawing class with a Disney animator. And he taught us how to draw Goofy, which was really cool. Um, and my dad's favorite, uh, one of his favorite Disney characters. So that was kind of neat. I was like, yeah, whoa. And, uh, that was cool. Um, we, we left from there and then we went and saw the, the frozen live performance got there just in time. And by that point we were pretty wet. So it was nice to get inside Oh, the only thing that was a bummer about that was we kind of, we got into the theater and then they're like, all right, the the ground floor is all filled up. It's five minutes to showtime. If you want to stay, you need to go to the mezzanine. We were like, how do we get to the mezzanine? And they were like, go outside again, back into the rain. So we had just taken off our ponchos and I was so happy to be inside. And they were like, go back outside the way you came in. And instead of going through like, I don't know, the blue gate, go through the yellow gate or something. And we're like, ah, fuck. So there's like, you know, 50 of us grumbling, you know, this crowd of people that had arrived at the same time of us. And we grumble and get our rain gear back on and go back outside and go up to the mezzanine and sit down. Um, but it was it was totally fine. Uh, the show was really good. I enjoy the Frozen music, and they did a good job with the show. Um, really cool, like stage production. And my girls were were digging it. They were kind of singing along a little bit, uh, which was cool. And then uh, gloriously, like in the Frozen movie, right? So um, 
spoiler alert in case you haven't seen it um elsa makes it winter you know it's a never-ending winter in the kingdom because she's really upset and then uh, through an act of true love her sister and her realize that you know by loving they can bring back summer and uh, the little olaf snowman guys oh yay summer i love summer in summer right um sorry they got a little loud um and it was just like in Frozen, they, they bring back summertime and we walked outside and the rain had stopped and it was clear, you know, sun, sunshiny skies. We we're like, oh, it's a miracle. And Elsa did it. Yay, Elsa. So having a good laugh about that. And then it was, uh, you know, damp and kind of kind of chilly. Um, but, you know, we, we hightailed it over to the Bugs Life area and did a Bugs Life ride. Um, drove some Bugs Life bumper cars, which went way too slow, and there were too many traffic jams. You just get, spend half the time just being stuck while people next to you don't know how to like steer around you, and you're just crushed in between two cars. And then you try to you know get up some speed to catch somebody and ram them, and they they were they were so slow, so slow. Probably safe for kids, but not fun for adults. Um, <laughs> what else um bugs life world and then we did the cars world area which was really cool i actually liked that ride a lot uh the cars ride was really cool it had a long line oh okay so speaking of rides too the other thing for newbies um so uh there's walkthroughs right that are just sort of like you know the stories there's rides um some of it is just meeting the character so sometimes you'll wait in a line for a long time and then at the end all it is is like meeting a character for a, a picture opportunity and uh autographs was the other thing that was really cute my seven-year-old was she had a little uh notepad and, and and paper and she was getting autographs from the different uh disney characters which was so sweet but uh so yeah be careful about that don't don't just hop in any random line don't be uh don't be a, sh- a sheep don't be sheeple as i've heard it said like a sh- sheep people sheeple um, don't be sheeple to figure out what you're doing and do what you want to do. Uh, but understand that you will have to wait in some lines. Um, and, uh, so we did the cars thing. That was a long ride. The other thing to know for newbies is the, the way that the fast pass works. So I was curious about this. I thought it was something that you had to buy into. Um, but I don't think it is. I think your Disney admission ticket is what you use to, to, to use the, uh, the fast pass. And what it is, is you show up to a ride. It says, you know, from this point in line, it's either going to take, you know, if you wait it out, it'll take 30 minutes or, you know, come back in, in an hour, you know, in a window of time in generally about an hour, you know, so if it was noon and you walked up to, um, one of the rides with fast pass, not all of them have it. Some of them have it. You walk up to one of the rides with fast pass and, um, instead of waiting in line for 30 minutes, it'll say like, come back between one fifteen and two fifteen, And you use the fast pass line, which is basically really fast to the front of the line. And that is clutch. If you can figure out a good way to keep yourself, like you keep your timing, right? You know, you go get some fast pass passes for the ride you want to do go check out the attraction that's next to it for a half an hour 45 minutes you know somebody needs to use the bathroom by the time they're out of the bathroom you go walk back over to the ride and it's your turn to use fast pass and you walk right up so that is sweet 
Um, it's incredible the number of people that just wait in the regular lines when fast pass is an option. Um, so yeah, definitely figure that out. That's, that's a clutch one to figure out. Um, cars land was cool. We were just so glad that the sun had peaked out. Um, we did some dinners and stuff. Um, one of the weird things, and I read this on TripAdvisor, that website where you can like rate and learn about different um, destination spots. Um, I was reading in the customer reviews on um, uh, TripAdvisor about Disneyland that they got a lot of misinformation from employees and like park staff. And we experienced that a little bit as well. One of the things on uh, one of the nights was like a free movie screening of Little Mermaid. And it was late. We had already done the park all day. We had some dinner. It was just sort of a, a cool wind down activity to do with the girls. Um, at first, we thought it was in our hotel. So we, we just kind of walked out of our room and moseyed on down and said, hey, where's the movie? And they said, oh, it's actually over in this other hotel. You'll have to go check out the, you know, uh, Paradise Pier over here. We go over there. Um, first of all, we kind of like, you know, get shitty directions to how to walk there. So we get a little turned around on the way. My dad's like asking some random janitor, uh, you know, like um, <laughs> we get to the one hotel that we think it's at. And they're like, oh, no, it's at this other one. So we end up walking for like 45 minutes until we finally find this. Oh, it's up in the conference room over in this other hotel. Oh, we were told it was going to be in the pool, you know, the pool area. Oh, no, it's in the conference room. So, all right. So, yeah, one thing after another, we, we end up seeing like three different Disney hotels. And that's probably their scheme, right? That's the way they get you to go see all the other hotels um, is they send you on a wild goose chase for this, you know, uh, Little Mermaid movie, which let the record show my girls have on their iPad, so they could have watched it in the comfort of their own hotel room. <laughs> we could have just gotten like room service and had a couple cocktails and, and called it a night. But uh, we wanted to check out everything that was happening. So we go do it and uh, we end up getting there with it. It was like an hour into the movie. <laughs> you know? um, my dad and I go down to the, the restaurant bar that's, um, you know, in that hotel. And we get a couple cocktails and bring them up for, for us and um, my wife and my mom and so we're having cocktails. The girls are enjoying the movie. And uh, so there, it was just like those little things that they're just bound to crop up or something that you think is going to be easy takes a lot longer than it should, um, you know, or just out of convenience, you're sort of pigeonholed into which restaurant you're going to go to or, yeah, that, those sorts of things. You just kind of roll with the punches. No big deal. Um, drops in the bucket. But uh, but yeah, I, I, I kind of wish we had gotten better directions for, in the first place. And just, um, so one of the things in that TripAdvisor review, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I'll say it anyway, um, their impression was that the staff are trained not to ever say, I don't know, or I, I, I don't know, I can't help you. So they're, they're sort of by default going to point you in some direction. And it's sort of a crapshoot whether or not that's the right direction or not. So I don't know if that's true. I don't know if I buy that. And there's, but there are so many employees and probably you know a little bit of turnover. So it's not like everybody knows everything. Um, it was so fun. Uh, it's really fun to kind of talk about it and get back in my head about it. There's so much more than I could talk about on on this one podcast. But I did want to shout out a couple of those things that I think were. Um, the good things to know for, for first timers or newbies or, or, you know, for if you, if you go back and you haven't been for a while, just remember those kind of pointers. 
the other thing I would do differently is bring um, some beer and some booze for the hotel room. Um, my wife and I, you know, it's like a middle of the week trip. So it was hard. It was a little hard to prepare for. We were busy doing work and, you know, kids activities and other things leading up to the trip. So, you know, um, didn't quite get all of the ducks in a row that I probably should have, including, you know, with a, a 12 pack of beer and, and a bottle of something and, you know, a bottle of wine or, um, you know, cause if you, if you're, if you're buying all your cocktails and all your food, that's going to add up really fast. So definitely try to bring some food and some drink, um, for, for, you know, winding down after the park. But uh, so yeah, we lucked out with the the rainy morning, and then we spent the afternoon in California Adventureland area. Um, did a Toy Story, oops, sorry, did a Toy Story shooting game. Um, that was fun. Did uh, the roller coaster and the Ferris wheel. Ferris wheel took a long time, and it was cold and and kind of still damp. Uh, I didn't love that one. It was, uh, but it was cool to have. So the Ferris wheel, there's uh, cars or little. Um, you know, with a little box that you sit in where it just does a regular Ferris wheel style. And then there's these, um, where it like tilts and swivels and like, um, how to, how to describe this. So a Ferris wheel is a circle, right? And it's got spokes and the cars are on the outsides of the circle. So when you're at the very bottom, right, the circle at the very bottom, uh, that's when you hop on. And then as it goes up, so imagine a spoke, imagine that the, the car that you're sitting in is either attached to the end of the circle or is on one of the spokes and can slide back towards the center or back towards the outside, depending upon where you are in your ride on the Ferris wheel. So it was cool. You would ride, uh, we, we opted for the one to my chagrin that had the more movement and would kind of slide around. And it was really, it was an interesting take on a Ferris wheel. I did enjoy the mechanics of it, sort of the engineering of it. I thought it was pretty neat. Uh, my stomach didn't really love the rocking back and forth bit, but, uh, that was cool. Um, and then I, out of principle, I did the roller coaster cause I wanted to see how it felt and I did not like it. I don't like doing the loop, the, you know, upside down loop de loop thing, my stomach and, my brain just can't handle it. I don't like that. Um, so we had a fancy dinner the second night, which was really nice. Um, what else? Was it also the second night? Yeah, it was the second night that there was this World of Color performance that was in the fountain area. Um, there's this big water feature, and they have these fountains, and they do this cool show with like lights and fountains and music and fire. Uh, that was called the world of color and it was pretty neat. It was really slick. They like projected images into the mist that was created by the fountains and the fountains were lighting up in different colors and the music sounded nice. Um, one of the things that was funny was my dad was trying to scheme for the best spot possible for the, the world of color show. And I'm like, you know, we had kind of lucked out. The park was pretty empty because of the rain, kept a lot of people away. And it was also a Friday. So we had a weekday on Thursday where the park wasn't too crowded. And then a rainy day on Friday that ended up being, you know, sunny in the afternoon. So it wasn't too crowded. Um, and then uh, Saturday did get a little, uh, a little um, traffic-y, people traffic, a little congested, a little crowded with people on the weekend there. But, um, but yeah, Friday night for the world of color, my dad was still in kind of like optimization mode. And I was like, dad, there's like, 
there's nobody here. Like we don't have to fight for our, our best spot, you know, which was not the case the next night for the electric parade, which we ended up scrapping because it was so goddamn packed and we didn't get there early enough to, to fight for our spot. But that that's, you know, that's the next night. This was Friday night for the world of color. Uh, we, we saw these people lining up at a velvet rope and they were like, we're going to open up the, this section, this viewing section for uh, fast pass ticket holders. My dad's like, Oh, should we do that? Should we go get in line? Like uh, my mom and um, my wife wanted to go get some coffees or something. And my, my dad and I are like, Oh, should we, how do we do this? Should we just stay here? Should we go over there? Should we get in line? Oh, look, oh, the line's getting longer. I told you so, you know, like, so we had this funny back and forth where, you know, a half hour later, the, the show's about to start and this line is, it's gotten really long. And I'm like, oh man, you know, maybe I should have listened to my dad. Maybe we should have gotten, maybe we should have gotten like, like right in front there. And then the time comes for them to pull this velvet rope off and the people all cram, you know, cram in, um, you know, orderly. It's no like, Black Thursday uh, at uh, Walmart kind of stampede action, but it is a uh, open up the rope and these people walk forward, but they're roped off again. Like, so there's just this small square of viewing area where all these people crowd into it. I was like, oh, son of a bitch. I'm so glad we didn't wait in that line because it was like, it was practically no better of a seat or, you know, a spot to stand to watch this show arguably was worse because of the, the the breeze some of the fountain mist was coming back onto us so if we weren't a couple levels like up and away from the water like we would have been getting wet <laughs> and it was cold and we were already wet all day so it was like i was like oh thank god we didn't wait for that so that was one of those instances where we're not not trying to you know be the first so you know i think some people get a little hyper competitive with trying to be the first at everything or, you know, have the best spot or like, you know, I, I paid for this experience, so I want it to be the best possible. Like sometimes that gets you into trouble. Sometimes you just need to kind of like, you know, take that, take that, uh, you know, kind of zoom out and look, look at the situation and kind of figure out what's going to work best for you in that moment. You know, if you're stressing out about how to, again, it comes back to that optimization thing. If you're stressing out about how to do it, and you spend 45 minutes waiting in this line instead of enjoying yourself to, to get wet and just be a little bit closer than any other schmuck like me and my family could go sit at. Um, my little one was is four and she was uh, we, we had the umbrella stroller out for her. And I don't mean an umbrella like it's protecting against the rain. I just mean one of those folding up strollers. Um so, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of fun stuff at Disney. Holy crap. I've been talking for a while. Um, let's move on. What, anything else from Disney? So yeah, the reason I thought about the stroller was because during the world of color, my little one slept through it. She must've been exhausted because it was a loud and exciting show. I tried to wake her up for it and she didn't want anything to do with it. She was just comfortable, passed out. Um, yeah, bring, bring your own beer and wine for your hotel room. <laughs> Uh, figure out the fast pass. Don't get, don't think that you're going to, so with the Tarzan thing, I didn't realize it was a walkthrough the first time. And that's why I took a, a hard look at the sign because I thought I was going to a ride. So I was like just zipping past all the, the Tarzan shit that was 
there for me to look at. That was the whole attraction. I was just, I just ran through it. I ended up back down on the ground next to where I started walking up the stairs. I was like, what the fuck? I thought I was going to a ride. It wasn't a ride. It was just a walkthrough. So uh, figure that out. <laughs> know what know what you're doing. Get a little familiar with the map. You know, get 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 good at using the map. Um, yeah, the one frustrating thing about this Saturday is we did Disney again to catch some of the stuff we didn't do the day before. Got to do. Oh man, it was so fun. But uh, in the evening, it started getting really crowded uh, for the electric light parade, and we just had to bail. The other thing was there was a there was a one area of the park was under construction. Another restroom was closed, and it was so hard to move around and get into the right... Like, I had to go to the restroom. I let my family do... Um, what did they do twice? Oh, this was... Uh, yeah, we were getting a little bit sloppy on the uh, third day. You know, just a little bit of fatigue setting in, and our legs are tired. And um, it was in the evening, and my uh, my family started going in line for... What's that? Mount Mountain Rocky, um, Thunder Mountain. Yeah, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad ride, right? And um, good memories of that one. I was excited to do that one. I was super excited about Haunted Mansion, too. That was cool. I like the Indiana Jones one, too. Um, but for uh, the Big Thunder Mountain one, my family got in the normal line. We had gotten Fast Pass passes, um, went and, I don't know, grabbed a bite to eat. And then went went back, and my family hopped in the the regular line, and I, I'm like, uh, guys, I don't know if that's the right line. I don't know. And by the time like there were already a couple people ahead of me, and I'm like, hey, it's, it's, that's not it. That's not. so I had to yell. I was like, Lord, that's not the fast pass, fast pass, sorry. So like <laughs> I'm making a scene, and uh, and she has to, uh, you know, she has to. Um, and my, my whole family, other than me, so my wife, my two kids, my mom and dad, they all had to backtrack out of the line, which is a little bit awkward, right? Those lines are designed to go one way. Um, so they're like, oh, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me, oh, the fast pass over there, oh, excuse me, pardon me. And we hop in fast pass to do that. Um, and then I had to go to the bathroom. I let them do it one more time. Um, and uh, yeah, I just got like, just got funneled around by the crowd. Like the crowd was so dense at that point. Like it was a little hard to get around. And the restroom that I saw on the map was actually closed. So I had to go to this other restroom. Next thing I know, I'm like in the castle area land while my family's still back over in like the frontier land. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? The electric light thing's going to happen in like 30 minutes. And we can't find a spot. We're like getting shooed away. Um, we, we decided to just let the kids do the teacups one last time. And, uh, um, or for the first time, I guess, because it was like broken the day before. My, my mom and my wife had a little bit of, of, of poor luck with uh, getting some extra time at the park. They had this stint of time where my dad and I took my four-year-old back and um, rested because she needed a nap and my wife and Lauren or I mean my Lauren's my wife and my mom went back out and they had the, the terrible luck they were like in line for things and then the thing would break so they didn't get to do a ride so they were they were trying to milk it as much as they could and make up for any lost time with with their afternoon that was a little bit um, underwhelming should we say and uh, I was really nervous because while they were waiting in line for teacups they um 
they started having to do a repair, like an on-the-fly repair on one of the teacup doors or something. And I was like, oh, no, deja vu. Like my, They were like the next ones in line, and they weren't going to get to do it. I was like, oh, man, this is such a bummer. But uh, thankfully, you know, the Disney staff uh, pulled through, and the guy, I don't know, WD-40'd, whatever. It, uh, I don't know what had to happen. But So my dad and I watched as, as the rest of our family did the teacups one last time, and then we said, hey, you know, it's, it's too late. There was going to be another electric light parade at like 1030, but we were so bushed at that point. It's like, all right, time to go home. So three days was just, just the right amount for me. Um, I was really tired after, after all that, but super duper fun. Great memories. Fun. To, it'll be fun to listen back on this uh, audio recording in 10 years and remember all these cool memories. Um, so hopefully a couple good pointers in there too, if you visit Disney. Um, I didn't even talk about the Star Wars stuff because uh, I didn't want to betray how nerdy I am. Um, but no, that was exciting for me. I was, I was excited about the Star Wars stuff. Um, all right. I could talk about Wild Vines. Anything exciting to talk about with that? I don't know. Got to play two gigs in the last week there, which was great. Um, the Saturday night gig was super duper fun. So this is just two days ago now, because today's Monday. Yesterday was Super Bowl. The day before that, I played Saturday night, and there was a good vibe in the room. Rowdy crowd, and they latched on to my um, songbook to put in requests. They latched on like I, so once or twice a show. I do the spiel where I'm like, "Hey, you know, if you if you want to put in a request, I have a list of all the songs I can do on my website, and I direct them to the website. And they, you know, best case scenario, which played out on Saturday, is they. You know, whoever whoever's in the bar goes to my website, finds the list, and puts in a request. You know, so this guy was sitting at the bar, like close enough where he could literally just lean over and point on his phone to the song that he wanted to hear next, and it was great. It turned into this like really cool, you know, live jukebox kind of situation where I was just whipping through covers left and right. Um, I uh, and it, it it gives me sort of a peace of mind to know that I'm playing a, a request. Because then I know that I'm playing something that somebody wants to hear. I'm not just trying to guess and kind of feel the room. And, you know, if I did, you know, is it, did I do too many classic rock covers? Should I do something a little bit more modern? Or do these people not want to hear anything modern? You know, like I can, I can get it up into my head about song selection. Um, and some performers would probably say, like, we'll just play what you want to play. And it's like, well, I don't I don't know. I've, I've kind of gotten to a point where, especially if it's a pub gig, like a three or four hour, you know, three hour pub gig, um, or wine bar gig, you know, I, that's too long for me to have that much desire to play that much music. You know, at some point I'm like, I could really use, uh, I could, and I'll have fun doing it, but there's a peace of mind that comes with knowing that you're playing something that, that, that somebody requested. And I got that peace of mind and I just got to be the performer for pretty much the whole night. Um, was really, really cool. Um, this one girl, uh, requested some who now, obviously she didn't really look at my song list. She was just spitting some, uh, some requests and I didn't know any, I didn't have any on my song list. And then I remembered that way, way back in the day with my first band, old King Cole, we played a gig at the college park, like, um, university of Maryland college park cafeteria. Let us come play. And I remember we worked up this little intro that had the pinball wizard intro um, to one of our songs. So we played like the, oh, I can actually do it right here. Let's, uh, yeah, let's wrap up with another tune. Here we go. So I remembered that this part. 
So I, I knew I knew that part, and I was like, you know what? I bet I can kind of reverse engineer this tune. So I was like, tower of I played a silver ball. So I remembered the Sure played mean pin, and I don't, I don't know if I remembered the other part. Um, so before I started playing, I just kind of like, I, I just kind of turned my volume down real low, and I was like, wait, what is it? So sure plays mean pin. I was like, okay, cool, that sounds right. And then I didn't really remember the other part, so I was like, how do you think he does it? I don't know what makes him so good. So I didn't know the words, but I knew them close enough that I could kind of fake my way through it. And at that point, people had been drinking and it was late and it was, you know, it, was, it wasn't, they weren't going to hold it against me for trying to uh, accommodate a request and not know all the words. Accommodate a request that wasn't on my song list, so I didn't have the words in front of me, but I wanted to try it anyway. A little challenge to myself and I wanted to, you know, a little thank you to this, to this woman for, for engaging and, and putting in a request, even though it wasn't on my song list. Um, so I just kind of turned it to my side and said, show up this bean pinball, right? And I was like, what is it? She's a pinball wizard. He has to be a trick. Pinball wizard got such a supple race. Right, so I was able to just kind of remember and teach myself really quick on the fly those three parts. And it uh, it did enough to get through it. So let's, let's, let's see here. Let's put it all together. Oh, the one embarrassing thing about this, and I do have to be honest, that's part of what this podcast is about, is um, I got I, I got the crowd totally in the palm of my hand by playing this intro, and they were like, yeah, it's the who, wow, yeah, right? And then I go up to start singing, and I had left my vocal mic all the way down on my loop pedal from looping something, you know, at the end of the last song. I was so pissed with my thought, because I go, I go like... And I'm like so excited and I go, ever since I was a young boy, but no mic, no mic volume at all. So I was like, ah, fuck. So I like, I'm like, oh, all right. So then I have to lean over and like tinker with, tinker with the button and turn the, turn the vocal mic back up. Right. And, uh, and then, you know, go back into it. I was like, all right, let's try that again. Two, three, four. So the moral of the story is remember to pull that vocal mic button back up if you uh, bring it all the way down. Ever since I was a young boy, I played the silver ball. From Saul down to Brighton, I must have played them all. I ain't seen nothing like him in any amusement hall. That deaf dumb blind kid sure played a mean pinball. to be a trick pinball wizard's got such a supple wrist how do you think he does I don't know what makes him so good can he no no distraction can he no puzzling bells he plays by intuition he plays by sense of smell always gets a replay never lose a ball that deaf, dumb, blind kid sure plays a mean pinball. 
etc. So that was uh, so fun. I made that the closer of the night. By the time I was done with that, it was 11.10, and the gig was supposed to end at 11. Um, part of me thought that the uh, management might have walked over and been like, hey, man, keep keep it going to 12, and we'll, th- we'll throw you some extra cash. But uh, but they, they didn't, and frankly, I was tired and ready to get out of there anyway. So uh, that was a good, fun way to end the gig and hopefully a fun way to end this podcast. So cheers, everybody. Be well. Um, chase your dreams. I hope this is uh, fun and entertaining and a little bit inspiring. And I'm um, going to have to let people know if... Uh, what the pointers are for going to Disneyland. Alright. Cheers, everybody. Psych. Fake out ending. I decided to come back up here and hit record again because I, I wanted to hammer something home. Um, I noticed in uh, Lady Gaga's halftime performance that at one point she uh, she yells on the mic. She's like, we're here to help you feel good tonight. And uh, I, I, I leaned over and looked at my wife. I go, hey, she just stated her why. Um, if you listen to the last podcast, I was talking a lot about finding my why as it relates to my music mission and how that's really going to help. If I can articulate that, it, it should really help me pursue it. Um, right? Align your intentions, find your why, and be motivated from there. Um, I thought that was really cool. And, and since it was on my mind, I noticed Lady Gaga do it. And it sounds really simple for a a superstar performer at the halftime of the Super Bowl to say, we're here to help you feel better, or, you know, we're here to help you feel good. I forget exactly how she says it. It We're here to help you feel good tonight. Um, And I was like, oh, like it was, it hit me, you know? So because it was on my radar, it hit me. And uh, I thought that was cool. Wanted to pull that thread through because I was talking about Lady Gaga earlier. Um, And then the other thing was, with um with taking all requests Saturday night, it was kind of a, a weird thing at the gig because I didn't play as much original material as I usually do. And my my big dream is to, of course, get my original material picked up by other singers um and, and pop artists, right? And make a, a little bit of a livelihood out of you know, being the songwriter first and less of the performer. You know, songwriter first, performer second. I always want to be performing, but um I wanna be maybe shift to be more of the songwriter first. And, um, but it dawned on me that even at the gig, it was cool to just play all those covers. And it brings me that peace of mind because maybe like my, my why for that gig and for that moment was to be the entertainer and help people have a good fun time at the bar. Right. So knowing that they were enjoying what they were hearing, cause they were putting in all these requests, it, it aligned with my why for being a live performer in that moment. Right. I wasn't, you know, they weren't clamoring for my original material. They wanted to throw back a couple drinks and listen to some tunes that they were familiar with. And I can appreciate that. And I, I love delivering that. I gave myself props on the ride home. I was like, man, you did a good job tonight. You, you put on a show and you, you help those people have a good time. So, um, so yeah, I just wanted to pull those two, uh, those two thoughts together, um, as a little, uh, PS little postscript. So, uh, P.S., I love you. All right, um, yep, that's it. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Remember that old SNL skit? I think David Spade letting people off the plane. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.